This is Entrepreneurs The Playbook, where each week I bring you some of the greatest athletes, celebrities, and entrepreneurs to talk about their personal and professional playbook to success. This is Dave Meltzer with Entrepreneur The Playbook, and I have Tillman Fertitta. Welcome. How are you? I am blown away. We're in your new offices. You are the CEO of Fertitta Entertainment, which, just so people know, it's 600 and more restaurants like Landry's and Mastro's, which is my favorite, by the way. Uh, the Rockets, of course, which is my ultimate goal as well. And of course, the Golden Nugget and other hotels. But what I want to talk about, because you are a true entrepreneur, you're Ernst & Young Entrepreneur of the Year, I think the second youngest business person of the year in all of Houston, just extraordinary things. But you started with a $6,000 loan when you were 23 years old. Is that right? <laughs> you know, I did. I did. <laughs> and, I, and I think I was a little younger, but... Uh, I knew you had to have credit to borrow money. And I can remember, you know, being in school and everybody sending you credit cards app. And so I got them all and I went out and spent money on all of them. And all of a sudden I was able to walk into a bank and have a, a lot of credit. And I've tried to, you know, teach all people the greatest thing you have when you start out in life is your credit. And if you take care of your credit and uh, it, you can do a lot of things. And I've kind of maintained that through my whole business career and, uh, you know, bond holders, debt holders, uh, uh, when I was public for 18 years, equity holders. If everybody always makes money on you, then uh, you can always go ahead and do a lot of other deals. Yeah, and you were great at leveraging things, trading up, trading back, trading down, uh, you know, including you had your, your first with Landry's, you actually took it public and then bought it back. In 1993, as a sole shareholder, I took it public, was public for 18 years, uh, was great, because you take a, and that was right when everybody was going public in the restaurant business, Cheesecake Factory, Outback, uh, you know, on and on, Brinker, that, that's when uh, it was just happening. And, and uh, you know, it took a 30 million, I thought I was doing pretty good, I was uh, doing 30 million in revenue, making four or five million dollars a year, 1993. And all of a sudden, though, you go public and, and uh, as a hot concept feel, and, yeah. and uh, you wake up the next morning, you're worth $100 million. And did that for 18 years and uh, it was great. Uh, grew it to a $2 billion company. And, uh, but then when the opportunity came with the crisis of 08 and 09, I said, why not go back private again? And uh, was able to, which is very unusual, was able to take the company private owning 100 percent of it again That's but it was able to double the company since then from two billion to four billion as a private company in revenue where did your vision come from you know you're, you're from galveston you know i get when people are you know their parents went to the ivy leagues they're in new york city they've traveled to paris and the middle east at a young age but i'm always amazed by entrepreneurs that i grew up in akron ohio and people ask me the same question, like where this big vision keeps coming and it doesn't quit. You're, you know, a little later on in life, not in your 20s anymore, but you see things at a different perspective than most people. I, I do. And I tell people this all the time. God uh, gives us all certain gifts. And, and I tell young people this, if I'm out at U of H talking to kids or, or whoever. And, and the smartest thing that you've got to do is you've got to realize what gift did God give you? And that's what you've got to do. And it's not always about making the most money. It's, it's 
Can I play an instrument well? Can I be an artist? If, if one of my kids was really good at something, but it didn't make a lot of money, I would be fine with that. But, but find out what you do really well and, and, and go after that. He gave me a business mind. So going back to when I was a little kid, I didn't watch cartoons. I always would, would play business and carry around my briefcase. And it's just kind of something that always came really easy for me from knowing how to operate to the creative mind to the financial engineering. And, and if somebody said, why were you able to do this? I would say, because I was given those three gifts. Yeah, and you have an unconscious competency for making money. And money is not your God, though. Even though you have lots of it, you have a, a special relationship with money. I think it's important for other entrepreneurs to know what that is. How do you, what's the energy of money, or what does it mean to you? You know, I mean, it's always nice to be able to, to own nice things. But, but I, I don't think, and you could say, oh, well, you have planes and yachts and a nice office and all this, but I've never shown off my money. I have those things because I want to go enjoy them. But I can honestly say, I mean, I've had a private jet since 1991, and I bet you I haven't had 15 friends ever on a jet with me because it's, I've always used it more for business or whatever. And I have a yacht because I enjoy it, and I have a nice office because I enjoy it. But I also teach people, whether it be my kids or my employees, if you don't go show off in one of our restaurants and order a 200 or $500 bottle of wine. You, 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 you live well, but, but you respect money. And I guess I respect it because I know how hard it is to earn. And, and, and if you save your money and don't do a lot of stupid things with it, then you'll have the opportunity to do big things when the opportunities arise. And that's what I've been able to do. And you do it also with philanthropy. I thought it was interesting because I have the same strategy as you, one in which Warren Buffett, when he was our age, he got a lot of slack for, right? Because he didn't give away a lot. They gave away millions here and there, but he didn't give away all his fortune uh, early on because he believed in compound interest and his skill set of making more money and then eventually having a significant impact on society. You kind of take the same approach. You're still in, very much in the ball game about making money, even though you, 20 million to you age. No, absolutely. About, I've, you know, I've given away millions to even different organizations, but but some people could say, "Gosh, I wonder why he doesn't give away more." I'm still in the game. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And and uh, you know, you're, you're 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 teaching your kids philanthropy, and I've told them you've got to be involved because a lot of people who make money tend not to get involved in things in society anymore, and just because. Because I became a billionaire, that doesn't mean, oh, I can't be the chairman of the Board of Regents anymore at U of H, or I can't be chairman of the Police Foundation, or I can't be chairman of Houston's Children's Charity. You just can't change because you think, oh, I, this is above me now. I've always taught them that you continue to give back to society. But yes, will I give away my biggest dollars when I'm not here anymore? <laughs> or I really shut it down. But I still am in the game every day. I mean, we're looking at deals every single day. And you know what? You never have enough money to be able to do everything you want to do. <laughs> Speak, speaking of which, right, you are in that top 30 club that owns an NBA franchise, which is extraordinary as a sports person. The ultimate goal being friends with the Hunts and the Roonies and throughout the years, the Spanoses. What's next when you say, you know, there's plenty of things to buy, you know, that's a great asset. What, what tops that one? Uh, you know, I have to say, um, 
always said up to about two years ago, I think I've accomplished everything I've wanted to accomplish. You know, hosted presidents at my house before 40, rang the New York Stock Exchange bill, uh, got into the, Texas, the second youngest person in the Texas Business Hall of Fame, uh, you know, made the Forbes 400. Uh, what did I not accomplish? I never got to own a sports team. And, and I will have to tell you, it is the greatest of them all, and, uh, <laughs> especially in your hometown. Yeah. And, and, and uh, you'd be shocked at how many people don't get the opportunity to ever own a team in their hometown. Or they have to make it work with lots of partners. And, you know, the first time, uh, the first row, I don't want to say where I was, but the <laughs> first year I owned the team and you're going to visit people and all the partners are knocking each other and, you know, I was able to do it by myself, and uh, it's just been great. It, it's, it's Owning an, uh, an NBA team is unbelievable. Well, one of the new things that you're doing is you have a new book coming out. And I love the title, Shut Up and Listen. You know, you're, you're not a shy person about sharing his opinion, and I can't wait to read the book. I know there's six kind of general entrepreneurial and business. It's not just for entrepreneurs, it's for business people. You know, kind of six principles that you're teaching from hospitality to other things within the book. What inspired you, though? You know, you've done it all. What inspired you to kind of share the secret sauce in this book? You know, I was going to always write a book that was kind of a tell-all book, but I wanted to wait till I got a little older because I really wanted to go after some people. <laughs> but, uh, you still can write that one, by the way. <laughs> I, I will. But Harper's came to me and said, let's write, you know, in an in-the-zone business book uh, about how do you succeed on a daily basis. And... Uh, it is really good, <laughs> and uh, that's the feedback that we've gotten from the focus groups, and uh, we're, we're excited about the September release, and it just, it really makes somebody think, and when I looked at some of the feedback from the focus group is, as I was reading the book, I put it down and went and instituted this in my business, or I went and changed this with my people at, at my work, where this was a corporate person, so, uh, I think people are going to get a lot out of it. It'll be a lot of fun. You know, you use the word change, and one of the things that I like studying your career as an entrepreneur, uh, I always have a saying that the only people I know that like change are wet babies, but you embrace change, right? Throughout good economies, bad economies, oil economies, real estate economies, all the different things, you've been able to adapt and change and maximize your leverage, uh, but also really taking advantage, I think, of a personal relationship and respect that the people around this area especially have for you. And you've been able to do fair business dealings, which I think have really helped you because it's a lot more than just having the money to buy a professional team, as you know. You know, I know many billionaires that they'll never let own a, a team because they weren't kind to their future self. How important was that when you were young? Because you really have lived by, you know, with casinos and everything, a high level of integrity. You know, it's nice to be important. It's more important to be nice, for one. <laughs> but, but, but also, you, you never live above your means. And, and I never understood this because I've been, I built my first hotel in Galveston in 1986. And, and so I've been around the 80s decades in business, the 90s, the 2000, and now this decade from 210 to 220, and hopefully the next decade. But... but uh, I've watched so many people come and go, and, and I've never understood, you know, how is this person gambling all this money in our casino, and then we hear that, oh, 
they, they don't have any money anymore, or this person has this house in this great neighborhood and they sold it, or this person owns this airplane, but they had a bad deal. I, I've always lived in a box and I've never had to change my lifestyle and all those ups and down years in the business world that we go through, because we go through cyclical times. Be because I never lived above my means, and I don't want to ever say I lived below my means, but always was in a box was, and I put this in my book, I said, don't believe the performer you always give to a bank. It's always okay to give the bank what you think could really happen, but you always go to a worst case scenario of what's going to happen because there's an 80% chance that's going to be reality. And, and I've always lived by that. And people start drinking their own Kool-Aid and believing their own BS, sometimes just because they had one good deal and they're not as smart as they think they are. Well, I've always known what I know and what I don't know. And I've never thought I was smart just because I pulled off a little making a few bucks. So, so always keep yourself in that box because when you get in trouble is when you get out of that box. You know, even though you're known as a straight shooter, you're gonna tell people, you have your own frequency, you're gonna tell people what you think. You have this humility about you. You know, it's not easy. A lot of people, as they work really hard for years and years and years, you've had great success early on and just kept building and building and building. Uh, for me, example, my tragic flaw was being a multimillionaire in, in my late 20s. I did exactly what you said. Believe my own BS. <laughs> Lost over a $100 million portfolio. Not living by my, I grew up, six kids and a single mom. How have you kept that perspective without allowing your ego, you know, you have covers around that I've seen, Midas touch, you know, that's the one thing I believe that I was. Everything I touched, I made money after money after money. How do you resist, what I couldn't resist, was, was that ego-based type, type of activity? Well, because I've known even before Trump that it was always fake news. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> and I knew I didn't have that touch. Yeah. But, but, I, but I knew that I could outwork people and outsmart them and build a good culture. And one of my things that makes me the feel the greatest about business, what I've accomplished is if you look at my senior management team of maybe 30 VPs, the average tenure is probably 25 to 30 years. And, and that's because I did build a, cult, built a culture of how we operate, and, and they've seen me never change. They still see me come to the office every day. They still see me if I'm walking in one of my businesses, you know, stick down and pick up a piece of paper or, or pick up and walking into the front door and seeing a, a Coke bottle or, or a glass at somebody and pick it up. And, and, and that's where I've just never changed as the operator. But if you don't change, your people won't change. And I think, I think that is the best thing that I ever gave all the employees and my kids is that they've never seen me change. And that's the greatest gift that you can give everybody. And speaking of your, your kids, you know, after I rebounded, et cetera, and I have four children, my biggest fear is keeping them empowered. You know, because I do like to provide for my kids, but I want them to have a perspective. How do you, you know, being at the level you're at, keep your kids grounded? Oh, and, and, and they live a great life, and they'll be the first ones to tell you that. But yeah, I want to be they, one of your they, kids, they, by the way. That as, sounds good as, to me. As they've gotten <laughs> older, though, and they're around this office, they go, oh, crap. I mean, this doesn't happen accidentally. They know that I drive this boat, and, 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 
they know that the longer I live, the better off that they're all going to be. But they're also learning the different methods and personalities and everything it takes to run this business to be able to make decisions. And, you know, I'm not one of those people that say, oh, let your kids go work for somebody else for a while or go stick them in this department or this department. My company is so big that, that it would be a waste of time. What I'm trying to do is teach them to make decisions, okay? Because if you can learn to make decisions, you're going to always be successful. They don't need to learn every little aspect of every division or every company or business we own because there's too many learn how to make decisions. And on that level, there's one key value that you're also known for, and it's gratitude, right? And I'd love for you to share with all the entrepreneur and business people that watch this, you know, how important gratitude is, even if you have everything you ever dreamed of. Well, I mean, it's important. You, you, you know, once again, I have 60,000 people out there that I sign a paycheck for and I couldn't have done it without them. I'm only one person, okay? And I might have some ideas and I might point people in the right direction, but, but my gratitude is to all the people that helped me do this. And for all the people out there that, that support me and, and give me business and do business with me, and, and I thank everybody because absolutely you can't do this by yourself. Uh, and last question, you've been friends with a lot of owners just last year, the Ansys family good friends of mine as well, and with everything that they have, what would a championship mean to you? Oh my gosh, you have no idea. <laughs> you know, it, it's, the, it's, the, it's the pinnacle uh, to, to, one, to win, you know, one of the three major championships in sports is the greatest thing in the world, and, and uh, uh, they're hard to come by. <laughs> yeah. They're hard to come by. I was with Jerry Jones and uh, with Legends, and he, someone asked him, would you sell the Cowboys? He said, if I won a championship, I'd sell it with a 20% discount. That's how much, you, if you could guarantee me a championship. Right. I mean, <laughs> and, and, you know, he bought the team and he had Jimmy and they won those three quick championships. You know, the person that I bought the team from walked in and with Akeem Olajuwon won two championships his, his first two years, but in the last 25 years only even got to the Western Conference Finals twice. It's hard. It's damn hard. So, yeah. uh, you know, I know I'm doing everything I can do. Yeah. yeah, what I love about championships, they can't be bought, they, right? They all the big three bought. can't be bought. Well, you're someone that can't be bought, and I really appreciate all the time that you spent helping all these people. I can't wait to get my signed copy of Shut Up and Listen. You got it. I'll be the first to read it. Thank <laughs> you so much. We got Tillman Fertitta with Dave Meltzer, Entrepreneurs, The Playbook.